Welcome hey. back to Dangerous Rhetoric. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, before I jump into it today, as always, I'm going to remind you, if you want to give us money, please give us money, man. Fuck, we're broke. <laughs> and if if you really want to help and you don't have a dollar to spare, like things, share things, comment on things, share your thoughts, contribute to the discussions, be a part of the conversation, think about the things that we're talking about, actually think about them. Ooh. That's the biggest help you could you could. So, with all that said, today we are joined by a very special guest, Miss Eva Korolova. I said that correct, right? Yep. Correctly, yep. Korolova, Canada's preeminent lesbian, a very, very famous, controversial, <laughs> evil turf on evil, Twitter. Evil, not the controversial pot by talking about all of these these things that are erasing people's <laughs> existence and stuff. Welcome, Eva. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you. You know, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today. I'm trying to really start off on a jovial note because we're going to talk about heavy things. Um, not easy things to talk about. Brett and I also had bad news that a friend of ours passed away. So there's that as well. Bear with us <laughs> if we get emotional and shit. But we'll talk about mental health. We're going to talk about trans issues. We're going to talk about being gay and being lesbian and being bi and not being straight and we're going to talk about the woke cult and all that stuff and what it means to not conform to that as a gay or lesbian but yeah welcome and maybe let's start off with like tell us a little bit about yourself where are you from in canada canada's fucking huge so i know there's all these <laughs> different locations and like what was your journey like where'd you go to school and how did you come to a point where you're like i'm gonna get loud on twitter about these very controversial <laughs> things <laughs> okay, well, that's a lot. Um, I'm in Calgary, Canada. So that's, I'm trying to make it like the turf hub because um, it's so huge. It's really hard for us to really connect in person. Um, but it's going well. Um, how did I get into this? I don't know. It never fully sat right with me. Like, I think as a millennial lesbian, I was expected to accept all this stuff um, as I was growing up. But I kind of always was making fun of it in my head and I felt really evil and bad for doing that. Um, but in about 2019, I just kind of, uh, I stumbled upon the gender critical subreddit. Um, and it was good to just see other people saying what I had been thinking all this time. So then I started hopping on Twitter and saying horrible, horrible things. <laughs> and um, then I did leave Twitter for a year, but, uh, cause I just got so sick of the whole debate. It was just so crazy. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Is not good yeah. for our mental health, it's and especially it can, be, it can be dangerous for those of us that are it's, on the sensitive side of the spectrum. It's it, it's a double-edged sword, that's for sure. I mean, it helps and it connects people in all these crazy ways, but it also like it's a lot, man, to keep up with. And people can be mean as shit on the internet. Yeah, it's so. also really not yeah. for kids. Like this is another no. thing. Why? No. Like yeah. I feel like all these platforms, like social media, Facebook, Instagram, all the shit should be eighteen plus. Yeah, maybe we it should really do. should. Yeah, yeah, it's no joke. I mean, I only, I'm only on there now because I can handle it. Like I left because it was just, it was just too much. And yeah, can uh, exactly. So I told myself I'd only come back if I really feel like it won't hurt my mental health and it's okay. I just have a lot of fun. Um, I don't take it too seriously. So that's kind of how I say. So was there like a certain thing or, or like watershed kind of moment that really made you realize like, all right, something is definitely wrong in our society right now, or that, that has to be addressed with this stuff where it's gone a little, it's way too far, you know, with the gender uh, theory. 
And, you know, what, what was that? Was there a watershed moment that made you like say, okay, well, I'm going to get louder on this and really, really talk about it. Um, I'd say it was building for a while. Like around the time I found that subreddit, um, I had already heard about like the, the trans athlete controversy had started and I didn't agree with that at all. I think for me though, it probably was really the trans kids stuff because I specifically, I remember sitting my partner down one day and I was like, don't you think this would have been us? Like, cause she, she's quite feminine, but as a kid was very, very gender non-conforming. And I, and I know, and she kind of had a mental block, right? You didn't want to think about it. She was like, no, 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 it's different. It's different for those kids. And so I kind of agreed, but I was like, I don't think it is. Um, so that, that was prior to me kind of finding the online community, but I already was like, something doesn't seem right here that they're doing it to kids now. So I think that was the, the biggest issue for me to get started in all of this and start talking about it. Yeah, it seems to be more and more they, you know, they started with like the uh, transing of the the like the educational um, hardware. At least they started teaching them sex ed very early with stuff about like gays and lesbians. And they started pushing the age if, down. If it was just if they were just like gay and lesbian people exist and like yeah. that's not that's fine and that was it, I'd be totally fine with that. I was taught that in sex ed. I was taught that in sex ed. I wasn't. I was in a Catholic school. Oh, well, I was. In a public <laughs> school, I was taught that gay people existed in middle school and we knew that that, you know, that there were other types of sex like that and they that was it. And But it didn't start like it's it started at sixth grade probably but they don't like introduce all of that right away you're supposed to you know you gradually introduce a little more as the grades go up because kids get more mature and, and their <clears> brains <throat> mature right like a teenager in high school looks at sex I way was, different than a fucking we were, fifth grader we were, like, we were for like fifth and sixth grade when we had our first like sort of like sit down sex ed in catholic school and it was very basic and it was very cut and dry it's like you know this is how babies are made etc um you may start to feel funny around the opposite sex now <laughs> And then I almost asked the question. It's like, you know, I feel funny around my own sex. Like, I feel like the boys really make me feel weird. But I asked the question because some part, some part of me deep within knew that I should not. Yeah. yeah. Forbidden, that information. The, the forbidden questions. <laughs> Even though I had, I had no idea. I had no, you know, I was, uh, I think it wasn't until I was 13, 14 when I transferred to a public school that I understood, oh, there are men that are attracted to other men and they're, that's called gay and that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, because like the word gay I'd heard in a negative connotation before I knew what that was. And I feel like, especially people growing up before this current era, that was how it was like, that it was normal that way. You heard the word gay and you probably heard it used in a negative that's connotation. That's gay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's gay. It was huge when I was a teenager. Yeah, before you even really totally understood that, that, was, that was. was my exposure. Yeah. That was my exposure to gay. And then when yeah. you start to understand what that was, and I've talked about this before, and I know it's just words, but words are powerful. I mean, we shouldn't let them have the amount of power that they have over us, but they can. And you internalize that shit as a kid because you don't understand um, the power of it. And then when you start to realize, like, oh, well, gay is, all, is also this, right? It's yeah. this thing where I'm a boy and I like boys. And that's bad. And you feel like that's bad because every time these boys and other people are using the word around you, they're using it to refer to things they don't like, things that are negative, things, things that are stupid, yeah. stupid, distasteful. And you, then you think, well, I'm stupid. I'm distasteful. I'm unlikable. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. 
And it's like, that's just powerful, you know, and you internalize it, you do. And so, you know, when the left talks about internalized homophobia and these things, they're, you know, they do have a point. These are real things that we contend <laughs> But it's with. almost, it's they like, almost never use it in, in the, the correct, way that yeah, it's actually. Constantly. No, never, never. <laughs> but they don't address it in a compassionate way. Like, sure, we all have, like, internalized homophobia. I don't think I know a single fucking gay person. Like, there's probably none. No lesbian or gay or bisexual. I know that probably doesn't have some form of internalized doubt and hatred and like man i wish it was i was the other thing we're all in the process of getting over that if you're using that against us as like a slur or like to put us down because we're trying to address certain other things that are happening in our community what does that say about you do you really care oh, about yeah. things do you care about me, helping me get over my internalized homophobia or do you just want to say that because you want to hurt me because you don't like the other things that I'm talking about? It's they do it all the time. They do it all the time. I get called a bootlicker all the time. I get people like, well, when they're done coming after us, they're going to come after you, like trying to guilt you, yeah, trying to manipulate they, you. They think that we're going to be, that we think we're going to be like spared from say the more radical yes. conservative types if they ever take power or something, which who knows, you know, of course, pendulums swing and we don't know, but Right now, I don't see them as posing the bigger threat to us and our reputation. It's the other side that are acting so fucking crazy yeah. that it's just undoing the progress that we did. And it's hard for me to even look at some of the conservatives and blame them sometimes when I'm looking at these videos online and I'm seeing the things that I'm seeing in the classrooms that are being that these teachers are posting and all this shit. And I'm just like, how would I look at that if I was like a straight parent or so, or maybe I was raised Christian or something and like try to put the mindset on empathize a little bit. And this is the thing I found with the trans people, like a lot of the radical types is it's all about them. It's me, me, me. They can't try to put themselves in the shoes of say the parent or someone else trying to contend with the new thing that they have then put upon other people. It is. It has been a huge learning experience for me, just viewing it from their perspective. Um, and I, you know, I don't, a lot of them still do try to support like normal gay people like they really try to make it known that look my problem is not with you and i like that and, and i'm not under any illusion i know there could be a really big pendulum swing and push back against us but just sure. like you right now i look at this stuff and i'm like if i was a parent like a straight parent i i would be horrified <laughs> like they're just pushing so far it's ridiculous the funny thing is it's a lot of the straight parents that are pushing the crazy lefto stuff and like, like they, the they are hours um i've seen a lot of interviews yeah, it's the rich white suburban wine moms yeah it's the well, wine it's the moms. californian wine moms it's they the want the queer kid accessory just like we talked yeah. about before yeah it's, it's totally. i know it's not all that of course and but now it's like a bad look and now it's across well, no it's but across like it, it would be nice it, it demographics. is it, it, their hearts are in the right place these these totally misled liberal straight you know white women but it's they're they're trying too hard <laughs> like really like the, the drag shows and the story hours for the children is just too much Stop. they're trying too hard and some of their hearts are in the right place but some of them really just want a lot of attention yes. and I, I do question their motives yes cluster b bro i'm telling they you are. they are there's a lot of the trans B's trans housing by shit. proxy like, yeah or drag drag yeah. housing by proxy like which i think is what happened what? to little desmond well, now you have people trying to take on their actual character disorders, personality disorders, as identities. Like they are an oppressed group for having narcissistic personality yes. disorder 
or yeah, for treating other people like shit. They're so oppressed. You address <laughs> the thing and you try your best to regulate your behavior, which is still your responsibility. I don't give a shit what condition you say you have and if it's your identity and we shouldn't stigmatize you. No, we're going to stigmatize your behavior. I agree with Josh Slocum on all this shit because oh, it, yeah. enough is enough, man. It's like, how much abuse can you take from someone who just simply won't try to change ever? And there's nothing you can really do. Sorry. Yeah. I see the cluster B just constantly in my Twitter mentions. Not that they all have it, but those behaviors are rewarded. Like they're so reactive emotionally. I say like a really benign statement and I'm trying to genocide them all. And it's just so over the top. And I just, it doesn't get to me anymore because I'm like, you guys are just emotionally children. Yeah. Like it can't even hurt me because they're just throwing tantrums. Yeah. It's trauma. There's a lot of trauma. Like it's not all like, like a lot of the cluster B comes from trauma and then not all of it does. I think some of these people are just like, I don't know where some psychopathy comes from, man. Cause some of them do come from good families and they're just fucking nuts anyway. But yeah, yeah. a lot of trauma that we're dealing with. And there's a lot of trauma amongst gay men, especially and lesbians too, but man, especially amongst gay men. Well, the like, incidents, the incidents of um, like mental disturb, disturb uh, the, like mental problems in gay and lesbian population is higher than higher. The, the heterosexual population. So our life expectancy is shorter in many ways. We're more likely to commit suicide. Yep. It's, 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 it's a lot it's worse real, for gays know? and lesbians. And yeah. They, it's not like, you know, the mental health component is something that they love to drum on, but like not actually address and yeah. not, not truly treat with like, you know, real respect and, and, you know, real discriminatory like investigation. It's like, let's look into this. Let's like yeah. find out why, because we want to understand and we want to heal and we want to grow as a culture. Um, yeah, they just use it to manipulate. They're like, oh, look, this population is so mentally ill. So we have to, we have to give them what they want instead of like talk about it and have real discussions. See, the other the thing about this, too, and why it's so hard, I think, for, you know, being in a minority group like we are to talk about it is we also, you know, we don't want to be cuddled. And I know I don't. I'm tired of that. And I've been through that. And I know the victim mentality. I know exactly what it feels like. I still struggle with it sometimes. And I want to put that off. And, you know, I think as gays and lesbians, bisexuals and people who really struggle with an abnormal sexuality. And I'm not talking about dysphoria because it's a different thing. I'm talking about an abnormal sexuality. You know, it, it's been a lot for us, but we want to be accepted as normal and just to live our lives. And part of doing that is we need to get over our traumas and we need to stop viewing ourselves as victims so much and to not needing that coddling from society and from other yeah. people in our lives to feel to feel fulfilled and to feel whole. And we have to find it in, in ourselves, you know, and that's not a left right position to me. That's not a conservative liberal position yeah i totally agree that was huge for me um why i never really fully bought into all the gender stuff because it was too much like victim complex and i was just so tired of that one of the reasons i didn't really want to come out in high school was so i wouldn't be viewed as like the lesbian but also is that i wanted special attention or you know when i was in like a catholic high school there was no other gay people nobody that was actually out and i wasn't scared that people would be horrible to me i just didn't want to be viewed just in that way um, even back then. So yeah. we, we yeah. talked about this, I think on our live stream last time, but I had a similar experience, you know, I didn't want to be seen as like, Oh, that's like gay Dan or the gay drummer yeah. or the gay painter or the, and sure. It's a huge part of us though. And that's, what's so difficult is we do have to accept that, that it, it is, it does color our experience and it uh, makes us have a unique sort of life that 
most people around us won't understand. And it's why we gravitate towards each other. It's why there is something like an LGBT community, if you want to call it that. When personally, I do think it is forced teaming because, you know, we're, we're bonding here for sure. And there's definitely similarities between you and me. But like your experience as a lesbian is still unique. It is different. It's not the same as mine as a gay man and being yeah. saying yeah. testosterone, testosterone relationship. That's not the same as being in like a, a more estrogen, an estrogen parent. Well, it would be, it would be hard to find two more different types of relationships. Yeah, you know? yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> and, uh, when you really think about it, yeah, they're like polar opposite types of, of things. And, but at the same time where we can relate in that, um, I don't know that feeling of just being so like different and not fitting in and yeah and well that's what should be good about the lgb and even t community is that it should cross like political boundaries and political lines because what really holds us together is that experience of being different um but of course the force teaming comes in when you're supposed to share the same yeah. views on everything else and that's when it becomes just a whole shit show <laughs> yeah lesbians you know they can have their own problems too and their own spaces to gather and talk about those problems and i think there's nothing wrong with that it's the same with like people who have dysphoria i hope they all seek places to deal with that but you know when we start getting lumped together and then the radicals come on board and all that so it's just there's problems here we need to address it because you know we were talking about backlash earlier and you know, I, I think there will be. I'm I'm afraid of seeing that. I don't want to see a resurgence of more homophobia. I feel like we were coming pretty far as a society to be accepted. And now so many are just pushing it too far. You know, it's like leave the sex and the kink and all that stuff in the adult spaces and the private where it was. You know, leave it on Fire Island. Leave it in, in, the, in the BDSM clubs and shit. Yeah. That's where you want to keep it. It doesn't have to be on the streets. It doesn't have to be where the kids are. And keep the fucking kids away from those things. You know, keep... Yeah them have their kid space in their their childhood like preserve that that shit is sacred like you want them to be able to work that out you don't want to like force them out into something before they're not ready for it. it's damaging and we're seeing too much of that shit i'm tired of it we're seeing way too much of that it's the way they're going after kids is insane and about the gender identity thing but even about sexuality like I i've researched like soji one two three here in bc and alberta and it's yeah. mostly just, just a cover for gender ideology, but they also talk about sexuality very, very young. Their main mission statement is everybody has a gender identity and sexual orientation, even kids. Like that's right on their website, first thing they say. It's like literally sexualizing children. It's like it is. You have to and go was, through puberty to have a sexuality. That's when it develops, that's the point. Yes, exactly. And so when I was researching this stuff is when the word groomer started getting thrown around. And I was like, that's what this is. And I never felt personally attacked by that because I was like, no, these people are groomers. You know, I don't agree with them. And yeah. now they're trying to lump us in with them. Yeah. So. And now they're the ones saying, oh, well, that's an LGBTQ slur. I'm like, um, excuse <laughs> me? Yeah, I never saw it that way. When it started popping up, I was like, that's not referring to me. That's no, that is not yeah. me. It's not talking yeah. about me. Yeah. It's a wildly popular group called yeah. Gays Against Groomers. Yeah, but it's just like... I don't know, man. And like, why is that group being targeted for censorship oh, and harassment? Like they were, so yesterday they had the main account uh, nuked off Twitter and there was it's some- restored though. There was, uh, sure, but like, yeah. but my point is that there were some uh, trans activists, gender activists- Targeting, were yeah. Celebrating and coordinating 
the mass report. Same ones who took that James Lindsay. So yes. And yeah. these are the same people that, you know, went after James Lindsay. They've been going after systemically libs of TikTok. Anyone um, trying to protect kids is what it comes basically. down to. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my concern here is protect them. Man. Well, like, but also this is not just like a natural phenomenon. These are, these groups are being coordinated and probably funded. Yeah. They're probably, probably. a bunch of them in a basement somewhere, you know, working together. Oh, I'm going to um, put the tinfoil hat on. Well, I'm just, like this is, this is just the nature of social media today, right? Like they, it's, it's a hall of mirrors. It's not an actual like objective, it's not an objective reflection of reality. It's just a reflection of whatever, you know, gets thrown onto social media. And so you can create this, this idea that a lot of people hold a position, uh, which doesn't actually, which, which doesn't, you know, is reflective of reality just by having a bunch of bots or a bunch of paid accounts or a bunch of paid people just echoing the same sentiment yeah. across a wide place, which is how they do yeah. you know, these malicious uh, mass reports and, and cyber cyber stalking. I think the hell with this is a loud minority for sure. And that loud minority is kind of being, I don't know, uh, portrayed as larger than it actually is and it is scaring the majority who i think really don't totally agree with most of this shit deep yeah. down into just silence and not saying anything about it and just i'm not gonna rock the boat you know i don't want to be the next person whose job gets called and you know they try to get me removed or they're sharing my tweets or my instagram posts with them and you know i have a family to feed etc cetera, etc cetera. i get it but that's how this is happening. That, and that's how totalitarianism happens. That's how it yeah. works, man. That, me, it's a, it's an enforced thing by the people within the system, not just I, the authorities. I want to ask Eva, do you, is there like a vibrant like lesbian community in Calgary? <laughs> no, no, there isn't. No. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I've never been so involved in like the gay community, but you know, growing up here, like coming out when I was a teenager, we've had one gay club this whole time there's no like and that's mostly men but they they welcome me of lesbians too i've never felt bad there but like that's the only one okay. um we've had a few other upstart bars here and there they never went anywhere um is the population large how many people are in there Calgary's over over a million over a million yeah, so big great. enough to have a community and we we don't um yeah <laughs> we must have you know a raging lesbian community here in new york but like i don't I don't know a lot. We don't intersect. And look, it just, it goes back to what I said it, about it the LGBT. There was it, a, lot, a couple less lesbians. <laughs> there's a lot of force teaming going on because even to this day with all the stuff that the mainstream culture portrays about the LGBT community, that shit ain't a community. It's not unified. Like, it's the it's gay not, like, community. The, the, the gays and gay. the lesbians, like. The gay and then there's like the associates. kumbaya. Associates. The associates, the hangers on, as I <laughs> call Well, do you guys even have any lesbian bars? Like, I know there's almost none left, like, anywhere. Cubby Hole, uh, I think. I'm sure there's officially a lesbian bar. There's some, a couple in Manhattan, of course. Uh, yeah, that's Of course, they're, they're yeah. inclusive, right? They, they can't be. I don't know. You know, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I'm sure they have to be here in New York, but I was wondering, you know, like, do lesbians have this experience of um, having 
trans women sort of identifying as lesbians. Like, how do you feel about that? Because I know how I feel about the inverse, yeah. but I want to hear from the lesbian perspective yeah. about we want to hear more about trans that. women, you know, and and the idea of like girl dick. Yeah, like, <laughs> how does that? Like, how do you feel as a lesbian about that? Like, I don't know. <laughs> how do you feel about the fact that I could have? Actually, I don't. I probably don't even have to have anything removed. I could just no. maybe shave my beard a little bit and just say I'm a woman. Now. You don't have to shave your beard. Not even your beard. Not even your beard. You're fucking right. I probably don't have to do shit. I can really just stay here like this, just right now on the air. Put some heels on and, and a dress. Right yeah. now on the air, I can say, Eva, I am now a lesbian. Do you want to say that? No. <laughs> And if I refuse you, I'm just like a horrible Nazi. So. You don't like the girl beard? It's so weird. No? The girl beard. Like, these are, this is the bizarreness about the language. Like, like when I hear phrase like trans gay man, I'm like, that's not a oh, thing. It's, it's not real. It's yeah, not like, real. It's not real. Yeah. It's, it's a You're a heterosexual is... woman who's uh, going through something. Whatever. Yeah. Going through something, yeah. And I think there's you know? actually... A lot of or trauma. bisexual maybe. But. I think I think really the trans issue we need to screen for trauma because a lot of the the, the two D transistors that we spoke to on the show before both had trauma. Yeah. Um, and they weren't they weren't properly screened for it. No. And these were adults. These were you know they were above the age. Laura was I think twenty, 20. when she began her transition, yeah. and Richie was in his like late twenties. I think he was like twenty four or something. I think he, I thought it was like late twenties, like twenty like twenty eight, twenty nine. Maybe it was. I feel like it was. I late. have to go back and watch. We have so many conversations, but, but yeah, you know, it, he later, also you know? had he also had a background yeah. you know, where it was a little traumatic, and you know I just I just I'm wondering like how many how many how much of this is just you know childhood sexual abuse or or rape trauma that yeah. that is unresolved that or, or that that internalized homophobia because one of the things that richie talked about was that dealing with that where he grew up in in the uk and just and he just really questioned that maybe if he had just been able to contend with the fact that he was gay sooner he would never have been that confused and could have just accepted yeah. hey I, i'm a more effeminate man and i like men and I'm okay with my manness, and it's okay to be like this, and I'm still a man. It doesn't make me any less of a man. And that's fucking hard, man. And as gay men, that's one of the most difficult thing that things that we deal with is that feeling of emasculation. Well, now they're, they're intentionally confusing the children yeah. by telling them, you can be whatever you want, and you can pick, and you can It's have just your like, own. you're born in the wrong uh. body. What, like, really sit there, people, seriously, if you're listening to this right now, and, you know, if you really care about kids, and if you care about the trans stuff, too, and, and dysphoria and all that, think about what it means to tell someone that. Think about that. You are mm -hmm. born in the wrong body. And it's only based on stereotypes. They have nothing else. They have nothing else. All the stories of kids, if you look at like these glowing news articles, you'll have this mom just be like, oh, my son, actually daughter, you know, just wanted to shop in the boys section or like wanted short hair or like played with trucks. Like they literally say this stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, when I bring it up on Twitter, I, I get all these people being like, you're such a liar. This doesn't happen. And it does that's the only rationale they ever give yeah. for transitioning a child and so that's yeah. why i wrote my piece for call and write substack because i would have been in a heartbeat as a kid yes if my parents were not were, were insane or if i had teachers that were into this stuff oh and, yeah for so, sure yeah. for sure like, I, fit, I fit i i like first of all we have the gender affirmation model now so a kid just says i'm trans and you're trans but even if you're going according to like the criteria within the dsm it's all based on stereotypes 
all the points are just like, oh, prefers the clothes of the other gender, or prefers the toys. And, and, and I, I thought that was all a social construct, guys. Wasn't that all a social construct? I thought there was nothing to gender and sex that was innate in us that had certain characteristics that specifically manifested to each sex. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, which way is it? Like, which way is it? Pick one because... They can't. Yeah. It's, it's, you're right. You know, like like uh, my cousin, for example, like I found out not that long ago, it took her a little longer to come out, but that she was lesbian. And it's like, it made sense to me. You know, she was always tomboyish, like dinosaurs and shit and like space and things like that. And was like, didn't give a fuck about Barbies and dresses and wanted to wear jeans and like, you know, wanted to do boy things and hang out with the boys. Like it was just. It makes fucking sense. She you also know? has like a very masculine vibe. She does. She's a masculine vibe. She's she's an intellectual type, and she tried to be with men. And I feel like we all, at least a lot of us, um, depending what era you grew up in, at least they, we, couldn't, they couldn't keep up with her. We had to try to be straight phase, and we want to try it. And a lot of it is, I think, I think part of it is, um, you don't want to like let the parents down. I think that's part of it too. Yeah. You know, they want kids. You know, they want that family, and you want to like give that to them. Also, maybe, maybe Eva, you it's can speak to this. Hard. Like for for women, is it is it a little bit more difficult to like know like yeah. that you're a lesbian, or is it like something that you know is very obvious? Like for me, it was very obvious. Like I, I, you know, puberty, I started yeah. being attracted to guys, and I was like, "Gee whiz, that's weird." I'm gonna ask another layer to this too. Do you think there was any like parental issues? perhaps involved in 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 that you know because we're one of the questions brand and i have been one question thinking, at a time yeah <laughs> i know but like the development of this stuff like how do we become this way like are we born this way something making us okay like, now you're getting yeah. a whole other issue i know i know i know come but, on one thing at a time i'll start with the first one if it's harder to know uh for me no it wasn't i i'm open to the idea that for some women it can be um I know a lot of women share their stories. Like for me, no, as soon as puberty hit, like just like you, when I was 13, I remember my first huge crush on a girl. It was obvious. Like I, I told myself for years that I would just be like, oh, I just want to be really good friends with her. And then this kept happening with, with more and more girls. And even yeah. at 15, I, I, got a, I got this boyfriend for a few months. He was really sweet. But like at the same time, I was like in love with my best friend. And so eventually I had to break it off. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't tell him why. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And, because I felt bad. I felt bad that I was dating this very sweet guy. And I was like, that's totally hard. Yeah, that's hard. Like, you start to feel bad for the other person that you're dating and that you're I lying. Felt, I yeah. felt terrible. He was very sweet. We had known each other as kids. We met in high school again. And I'm like, okay, here's my chance to like have a boyfriend. Um, but that just didn't. And after that, a few months later, I met my girlfriend, who is still my current partner. It's been a long time. <laughs> So no, it wasn't hard for me to know, but I, I know other women are different. So. Yeah. How long have you been together with your partner? 15 years. Oh my God. Woo! Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird how you just like, know. I don't know the crushes and all that stuff, but it's puberty. That's when it comes about, you know, when you're really, really little, you might have like little crushes and stuff and not understand well, like, I did on boys when I was a kid. Like I just, I loved the idea of being in love and having a, like a boyfriend. Cause I thought that's what you, and so yeah, I had crushes, but I wasn't like, you know, didn't have feelings for them. Yeah. yeah. I had crushes on girls. I mean, I guess I kind of did, but. I totally did. Uh, I, I had a second grade crush. I had a, I had a fifth yeah, grade I I crush on my teacher. And this is, 
I like women. I do, and I she like is girls. Pretty. She is a beautiful ginger woman. And, I do like girls. I just know. didn't. I realized I didn't really want to touch them. Very friendly. Very <laughs> well, same. I I get along so well with guys. Like I think a lot of like a lot of rad friends sometimes aren't happy with me because I really buddy buddy up with men and stuff. And I like them just fine. If I was attracted to them, it would be no problem. I yeah. just like I'm just not. And it is funny. I, I've had self doubt over the years, despite being with my partner for this long and only finding women attractive. You, it is still hard to be like, like, you know, it's kind of in the back of your mind. Like, what if I'm just like deluding myself all this time, even though it's been so solid all this time, you know? So that, that's you, something. Uh, like, do you, you don't have kids, I assume? No, I like, so that's another hard thing. Cause I would like to. Yeah. So that, that's something I, I'm dealing with too. Yeah. It's yeah. Different. And I'd like to give my parents grandkids. I, I would. So it's not impossible. It's just more difficult. It is more difficult. And that's another very specific, particular thing, struggle that I think gays and lesbians both kind of have in common that we can sort of bond over is that typically we're probably not going to have kids. Some of us will. And I know there are unique situations where it happens or some people, they had a previous relationship where, you know, they were able to culminate that and, um, you know, ended up having a kid. We talked to a previous guest, actually, a Simon, our friend Simon. He was on our last live stream too. And, you know, he was from Russia and so it's difficult over there in some places, especially. And he got into a relationship with a woman, you know, socially he felt pressured to do that. And that's just kind of how it is. And they shack up and to kind of disguise themselves and she knew like she, knew, yeah, and like she was aware but they did she loved him and she was like i'm gonna fix him the one time they were able they to do, do the it she got pregnant she gets pregnant yeah and so he's a gay dad now and he's there for his kid he loves his kid and it's just it's a unique thing i think it's great you know it's awesome and a lot of gay men won't have that experience. And so I That's think true. for him yeah. in his case, it's a blessing and it worked out in that way, the way it, it worked out. Yeah, if he's yeah. true with himself now and he, it is kind of a blessing, you know, I, I do wish it could be easier for me, but it is what it is, so. Yeah, we have a but dog. Yeah. <laughs> I have three pets, I keep collecting pets. I had another dream last night, I got another dog. <laughs> Buy another book, make another friend, be fine. I think I need a kid. I think I need a kid. Me one day we were talking last night. We're gonna have you know we're gonna get everybody together, pool our money, yeah. get a big, a commune. big gay farm somewhere <laughs> in the middle. A big gay commune farm, and everybody can come. Be hippies, and grow, be hippies grow, grow our food, stockpile our weapons, wait for the, the that would feds. Be lovely. That would be lovely. Lovely. A gay commune would work. Yeah, I, I'm not. I used to want it as a teenager. I was like, yeah, I'd love to live in a commune, and not anymore. <laughs> but a gay one, I would do that. Okay. Oh God, it's so fun! They're gonna Waco us though. These anti-government extremists. Nah, they'll be too busy. The whole the whole world's gonna collapse the before they. Can get out a couple of gay people in the woods in West Virginia. I mean, yeah, who cares? Who cares? So, I want I wanted to pivot back into the subject that we kind of bounced off of before and lost track of, but what I want to bring it back to it is the idea of um, men and being in women's spaces now and being able to identify not just as lesbians but just as women in general and to to end up playing women's sports um accessing bathrooms um look i'm not going to put 
malintent upon every single trans person who feels they need to do that to feel they are going to fit into society. Maybe there's a couple who have some good intentions, but I'm also not going to assume that they all have good intentions because I know there are some evil motherfuckers out there. And so we need to talk about this. You know, men have a disparity of force advantage over women. This is a biological fact. When you put men into women's spaces, sexual assault happens. Yeah, and that's the crux of the issue. It isn't just that, like, oh my god, all trans people are rapists. It's not. It's that you guys are men, and you know, it really is just a matter of physical safety and privacy. I think women have the right to just say, "Look, I just want this private space." But in terms of just basic safety, um, I'm yeah. That's one of the main things I talk about is men and women spaces and self ID is a huge problem. Um, and I like to talk about it more on a wider scale, not like individual. Like I'm not, you know, for police, you know, putting people at bathroom doors and checking genitals. Like that's a really ridiculous thing they'll throw at you. Of course, of course. Even the most hardcore rad friend friends I talked to were like, look, if some guy literally legitimately believes that he just, he passes, he just wants to, he doesn't want to cause a fuss. It, he was caught a, a huge fuss in the men's bathroom. He wants to just do his business and go, we're not going to call the cops. Like we would be like, okay, it's do your business. So I think that's why I try to push this on a wider scale. Like, look, these are women's spaces and we should respect that. You know, you don't wake up one morning with your beard and you're like, well, I'm a woman. And they're treating them as validation spaces. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Yeah. I also, I don't buy it when, I don't buy you have gender dysphoria if you're going into like like a spa, you know, that's supposed to be just like the women's only. Yeah. Like that wee spa dude who had multiple priors for, you know, exposing himself to women and children in public spaces. Yep. I don't buy that you have dysphoria if you're going into a women's space and exposing your genitalia to the women there. No, because that, that doesn't read as dysphoria or, you know, it doesn't, that reads as, you know, uh, what's the word? Exhibitionism and, uh, like you're a flasher basically who's using it this. Is, it is. And the issue is those kinds of things escalate. And we used to know that like men who would want to flash women, you know, yeah. that usually gets worse and worse and worse. And we you used to know that. Thrill, another thrill. Yeah. And now we have to pretend that that's not true. It is and, true. And that's, what's just so ridiculous about all of this. You know, if only people would be sensible, like the biggest issue I think is that we just forget reality. Like, they pretend that they don't understand why women are uncomfortable because they pretend that sex doesn't exist. So they get to be like, well, but trans women are women. So why are you uncomfortable? You're a bigot. And then you're not allowed to be like, well, no, actually that's a male because then you'll get banned off every platform. You know, actually she was assaulted and she was assaulted and she was assaulted and she doesn't feel comfortable with you being that space. And she doesn't feel comfortable with you being that space. She doesn't know what your intentions are. And there's nothing wrong with that. That alone just being the reason is enough for yeah. me to exactly. put a stopper on this and limit this. Cause it's, it's fucked up. Women have to go through enough already. Yeah. In this, in this particular situation, the disparity of force between them and men. Oh, it's a real so hard. We work so hard for, to have to mitigate female it. only spaces, leagues, yes. sports. Sports. Yeah. That's uh, a huge one. We work so hard to have that and protect the rights of children. You know, people forget that in the early 20th and the late 19th century, like children didn't really have like, you know, they were putting children in factories yep. and putting them to work on farms. Yep. Like there was yep. no such idea of like children. I, I used to tell this to students as a sub because yeah. some of them, they were just, no and I look, I know school sucks, but they would bitch about some of the most minuscule stuff. And I'm like, guys, man, if you were living like a hundred years ago, and that's not the one of the time. Oh, like, 
ass would be in a factory right now. Like, cause you'd be you're in a mine. You'd be down a mine shaft. You would wish, you would wish you were in school. Squeezing fingers, toes, appendages, <laughs> machine. You would want to be in school instead. You'd be like, damn, I wish I could be in school, but my family's too broke, so now I gotta work in this factory right now. So I'm like, just a little gratitude perspective you know it helps exactly. like a lot of a lot of people starved yeah. in in the, the days prior because they didn't have the irrigation and uh like fertilizer technology yeah. that we have now we got a lot of fertilizers after we started really tapping oil and we were able to grow a shit ton of food which is why the population has boomed but people used to starve a lot regularly Honestly, nutrition was a huge problem i'm glad we're on this topic because i think one of the things that can really heal a lot of the shit we're seeing and the trauma and all this stuff is is just gratitude it sounds cheesy yeah. as fuck nope. i know it's cheesy yeah. as hell but that shit it's definitely it's a practice it's like a skill you really do it is a skill it. and it's hard um you know i wanted to talk about mental health today and it's one of the subjects we're going to talk about because you know we had a friend of ours pass away recently and you know already it's just this subject, I think, is really at the core of it. And I think it is at the core of the trans shit, too, because where we have the mental health stuff, the absent fathers, you know, the broken homes, the abuse. And that is what is not being totally addressed. And I think that's why so many kids are ending up through the revolving door of the gender clinics, because their traumas are being addressed. They, they need love. They need some kind of guidance they need mentorship they don't need to be told that like you're in the wrong body and you're wrong the way you are they need to be told well maybe there's something at the core of what you're going through right now maybe your parent is fucking maybe you your up. parent is fucking <laughs> you up you know maybe, maybe you should distance yourself probably from probably your parent is fucking you <laughs> but they, like you're not trans you don't have gender dysphoria you're just your, your uh, mom is psychotic or your dad's physically abusive or yes. something I guess the, the point of my rant is like the youth are not okay right now, man. No, no, they're not. And I worked in schools. I know a lot of young people. I talk to young people who reach out to me all the time, and and, and it hasn't been for some time. This they are not sort of okay, like a, man. You know, it's been a steady sort of problem really since like the nineties. Yeah. And, you know, like, this is one of the downsides of having a comfortable, stable society. If people get too comfortable, we don't challenge ourselves enough. New problems to and arise. And people become very fragile. And so any sort of, you know, they brush up against any sort of conflict or any sort of, like, uncomfortable situation. And they have these childlike tantramatic reactions just being like, no, 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 get that away from it's me. It's because we like, weren't given the tools to deal with shit. Well, because you never developed that sort of, that A lot of us didn't have father figures, man. A lot of us didn't have, like, that person to just to have us, like, say, hey, you know, you got to kind of suck this or shit you, up right you now. you did, and then, but the father figure was too coddling. Yeah, too and nurturing, like, too the mom. Nurturing, and, like, yeah, it's, and like, never exposing you to challenging or difficult situations yeah. or forcing you to wait yeah. for things. And then the mom might be a hard ass, you know, and a bitch sometimes i'm not saying mine was like that i mean she could be like that sometimes i love you mom but uh, it's just it 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 damages a lot and it there are different degrees of it you know i think i'm not going to call every household situation trauma like a dysfunctional household is one thing and mm -hmm. mine is highly dysfunctional and i and i do think there were aspects of it that traumatized me a bit but i didn't undergo like physical abuse or anything of that sort and i didn't undergo sexual abuse and i'm really lucky and that sort and i know people who have and mm -hmm. it, it fucking wrecks them yeah. it really does and and women it just happens to a lot boys it's harder to talk about and that's 
that's that's a personal thing for me that I want to address more is the men issue because I'm a man, obviously. But we want to talk more about women issues too, which is why we brought you on the show. We want to discuss those things because it it's more likely to happen to girls, just yeah, because parity of force, you know. But no, it's important to talk about uh, what's happening to boys too, and I'm really glad that there are people like you who are willing to to talk about that because there are a lot of issues with young boys nowadays. I still can't believe they're removing their penises. Like that's just yeah. crazy to me to think about. Like I can't. And even... then when you, you talk about Jazz Jennings, for example, oh. it's not happening. It's that's like tragic. That's tragic. That's that's it's like how many times does it need? It only needs to happen once. Before it's, it's a problem, and it happened once. It was on TV. <laughs> You're saying it's not happening. It was on TV, and we celebrate yeah. it as a good thing, as a society, yeah. like culture. Yeah, I just tweeted that last night because people keep saying it's not happening to kids. It's not happening to kids. There was like a ten season TV show where it happened to a kid. <laughs> Come on, man! It's been airing since the early since what the 2010s. Like, yeah. how can the you say it's not happening? Okay. The yeah. kids are no. not. And then also, like, this yeah. case is actually really important because it highlights the difficulty of taking puberty blockers because jazz was on the puberty blockers the bottom surgery as they euphemistically refer to having your male genitals cut off and inverted surgically to create a pseudo vaginal opening which actually never really heals and like a a lot of them can't actually use it you know sexually like they can't actually have sex with with the opening because it's too painful um and it's it's just you know your your body doesn't you, you can't you can't you can't do change, sex changes they're not like it's no, like a real it's thing. It's not an actual. It's, not real. it's, it's only a, it's approximated. A, it's a misnomer when you think about it. A sex change. It's it's it a is. not reality. Well, and then it begs the question. You know, is is does this treatment? You know, should we be doing this at all? And this yeah, is where I don't know. the the TRAs start screeching yeah. and reeing because we yes. bring up this idea of. You know, maybe you know, transitioning medically is not a good idea. Then they, you know, start accusing us of erasure and genocide. And it's like, right. sweetie, well, maybe if your problem isn't being cured by your treatment and your treatment is causing all these other iantrogenic problems, maybe you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Like, it's not. Right. Well, and to accuse us of genocide when you're sterilizing yourselves. Yeah. It's like, who's <laughs> like, really doing genocide here? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like cutting yourself apart. Yeah. I'm telling you not to do it because you might want to have kids. Like, it's like, who's really like, you know, it, 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 it's like, you know, it's kind of very anti-life almost. You know, you're sterilizing yourself. And, and some of them, you know, they, it's the further step. You, you lose all ability to feel any sort of sexual pleasure, orgasm. Yeah. Any of it gone, yeah. and especially and that, if they start as a child, like that. Yeah. And how could, child, how could a child consent to that? Like that boggles my mind yeah, beyond belief. So like this they is, can't. They can't like, consent. This to brings that. us into, I guess, back into the groomer thing too, when it comes to like the pedo issue and all. Um, just how this is a slippery slope when you say kids can consent to something like altering themselves permanently by removing sex organs or, or just even just taking hormones because that is going to alter them and if you take it long enough and enough you know it will alter you permanently and that's a slippery slope to saying they can consent to to sexual acts with it adults. is it is the it same thing directly bridge. well it, it, of consent so you know, I spent a little time in the fetish community here in New York City, Brent. and there's such thing as a medical fetish. This is like a thing. Like you, you can have a fetish for engaging in what's called medical play. Interesting. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these individuals went and got, you know, licensed doctor. I need a surgeons to, to do this to people. 
And, you know, they, they, it, it, it's not, it, it, it happens and it bothers, it just blows my mind that they're doing this to children. And there's sort of any, and as soon as we have a moment, be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe we should pause here. Maybe this should be Step 18 back. plus only. Yeah. Like, let's have a conversation as a culture about whether, you know, this is appropriate or not. And immediately it's like, we're, we are yeah. the evil. You're harming the kids. We're harming the kids. It's like <laughs> by denying them the that, affirmative care. We're that the ones narcissistic harming. reversal, right? That pathological yeah. flip of, you know, they're the ones that want to cut into children. They're the ones that want to make a hormonal or chemical treatment alteration to children, you know, they have to justify that shit. They have to defend yeah. that thesis in front of not us, the body it's not public. our responsibility as the ones opposing that this barbaric yeah, yeah. practice to defend well, they, they it's spent like They spent like a decade saying it's not happening. And all of a sudden it's life-saving medical care. Yeah. So like first it's not happening. Like I even had some friends when I was raising this issue tell me, no, it's not happening. And now it's actually so important. It's life saving. So don't you dare. So they don't. They don't even have to defend it because suddenly it's life saving. Yeah, that's the defense. There's that's no. A good point. There's no like that. That whole cognitive jump from it's not happening to it's life saving. It's like, sweetie, like you're like a fish. You're like Dory. Like you don't remember like five minutes ago when you were just telling me that it's not <laughs> happening. Like. I just don't I, like. I don't understand. Like, and, and when you see that, it's so indicative to me that there's something wrong here. This pathological idea. There's, there's, it's not healthy thought. It's not normal. You know, pro-life. And I don't mean like you know anti-abortion. I just mean like pro-human sentiment, pro-life, like pro the future, progressive, um, evol like evolving. You know, moving towards the good, humanistic. I would say. Yeah, yeah. it's very self-hating. It's very like humanity-hating. It's 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 got a weird streak in it, like that. It's yeah, it's very off-putting. There was an ad I saw in the UK of a young um, trans. I guess it's a trans man. So it was a born female went to man, um, and she had all these cuts on her arms. Oh, oh yeah. Obviously, she had you know a problem with cutting and self-harm, and usually that's indicative of trauma and early childhood sexual abuse. And then, like the poster is just her with her breasts removed and her and her top off, so you can see her scars. And she's smiling, and I'm just like, you guys didn't help her. You just continued <laughs> in the drama. It made things worse, and it and and it, this is being celebrated as the correct way. It it just boggles my mind. I can't. Yeah, was that the one with that blonde doctor, the one who's just the worst, like on TikTok? Uh, no, this, so that was this is an ad, I think, like a bus oh, an ad. Right, right. Oh, I saw that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but that doctor, I think her last name's Gallagher, and she's at yeah. Miami Day. So that's trans one, right? No, she's the one that likes to yeet the teats. Is oh, her. that one. The yeah, that's a different one. That's right, yeah. 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 No, they're not helping these girls, and it, it's so easy. Like we were talking about before, the kids aren't okay. It's so easy to want to just brush this off as like a, a fad, but it, it is deeper than that. Like it's yeah. capturing people who are very, very vulnerable. They're vulnerable. And, they're hurting. Yeah. They are. Lately, I've had a lot of compassion. I'm like, okay, it's easy to look at these annoying kids and just say, oh, you're so annoying. But like, yeah, they like, are hard. Twitter, shut the hell up, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but actually, there's real problems. Sure, yeah. But, and, and, and they are. They can be really rude and nasty. And maybe some of them are just straight up pathological. And it's probably better to just block them. But I think you're right. We have to step back a little bit, too, and have a little compassion, too. And remember, like, kids, confused. Yeah. You well, know? this could have been me if I had been captured as a teenager I don't know if I'd ever been that unpleasant, but it could have been me. I could have been that annoying kid on Twitter, like arguing with the turf, right? So yeah. I understand. That was kind of annoying. I think 
That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was a little arrogant. I was in chat rooms when I was young, so I probably would have been on Twitter. <laughs> Reddit, if that was a thing when I was little. I remember AIM. I was really young. But MySpace was like the early days. Instant messenger. Yeah. Yeah. What year were you born, if you don't mind me asking? I'm just curious. 1990. I am also 1990. <laughs> Sorry? When's your birthday? Mine is in a couple of weeks, September 9th. I just had mine. So you're still 31. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I just had mine in August 8th, so I'm 32 now. Oh my god, happy birthday, we're a month apart. Oh, so yeah. oh yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're the yeah. same generation, man, so, I, are, I, so. I get it. it. It's And it was different for, for us, for sure, growing up gay. And it, we were kind of in that middle stage where it was a little more accepted, but it wasn't like gay marriage wasn't passed yet. No, and the new, the new generation, they, they are in a different time and i'm not saying it's bad that it's so accepted now but i do think we need just you know just reel some things back in and that's all we're trying to do you know so if there's any people who feel like they're like liberal or lefty leaning and they happen to be listening to this right now like i really hope they're not misinterpreting us and you know when we joke and we say shit like turf and all this like we're not we don't fucking hate these people this has nothing to do with that this is just we're trying to address what is reality here and why are we not allowed to have these conversations why do you get so vehemently mad why do you want to cancel everyone for asking about this stuff and why can't we talk about certain issues like hey can can a heterosexual woman remove her breasts and say she is a gay man how is that not erasing my experience how is a man removing his stuff or taking hormones or whatever he does saying he is now a lesbian woman how is that not erasing your experience so maybe they they need to have a little compassion so if some of them are listening too i hope they get that because they're over here saying we're erasing them is that really what's happening here or is it the other way around because it feels like it's the other way around exactly i don't hate anyone like i i wish they would have proper like treatment or therapy pathways to deal with this stuff like even like autogynophiles the men who have a fetish for themselves like that's on that's a bit unnerving to me i don't like it but i i know that they can really suffer with this so i wish they had a better option than just saying well that means you're a woman and you should go get castrated you should take this like i wish that therapists could actually talk them through that and maybe they could help them right as much as i find that so distasteful i still i don't want them to just like castrate themselves <laughs> well we have to but have I'm, that balance of like stigma right like we do need to stigmatize certain things like there's this whole question of maps now like trying to use that term to sympathize more people right who have that issue and and should we i mean sure we should sympathize to some extent if they really deal with it and they don't like it and they, they really and it, they hate themselves whatever i'm sure that sucks and it's sad but <clears throat> we don't want to destigmatize it um we want it stigmatized. We want those people who have those inclinations toward children to feel uncomfortable about it. And like, there's a boundary and it's there for a reason as a society. And that's why you feel that discomfort and you don't want to talk about it because yeah, we're probably going to fucking judge you. Yes. Yeah. I'm and, not and we should. Like, help, but yeah. And so we're not their therapists. We're, they're turning like society at large into their therapists who, sure, maybe if you really want help for that and you see a therapist, that person should withhold judgment and want to help you. Yes. But that's not, that's not our role. It's like not. we can judge you all we want. Society <laughs> has, you shouldn't expect society as a whole to not be disgusted by the fact that you're into kids or that you want to like say medically transition kids and those sorts of things too. Cause to me, they're equally as just bad. Like they're bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. They it, it really revolves around the issue of consent. We understand that children cannot consent to sex 
And so that means they can't consent to sexual things like hormones, puberty surgeries, blockers, yeah. puberty blocking, the whole, and, and parents can't consent for them for that either. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm also against this idea of like child marriage. Like there's a, like a bunch of states and there's a bunch of like issues with, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds getting married off yeah, and so that being a legal loophole to, uh, to escape the statutory rape thing. Like, I think we need to close that off. I have a problem with that. And, you know, that's, that's a heterosexual, um, sort of, uh, issue with the same kind in the same milieu. So I think we should, you know, appreciate it from like a bird's eye view and, be you know equanimous in our judgment of all these things that are you know short of sexualizing kids and get rid of them absolutely yeah i totally agree it just blows my mind and then like why these i'm just like oh these parents like, like why do you do this like, i just what? don't understand like people do people not remember being kids or are they just never around kids but that can't be because parents are doing this to their kids right like you were stupid like i and you should be like They've made kids into these little prophets, you know? They they proclaim that I'm a boy and, and it's so wise and it's like thank God, like yeah. like no, it's just a stupid kid who doesn't understand who thinks short hair makes a boy. Yes. I have kids look at me sometimes and they're confused and they're asking if I'm a boy and I'm just like, No, girls can have short hair. No, something and, wrong with that. But then if that kid, you know, five, six years old said to her mom, Well, I want short hair, so I'm a boy, then she get put on puberty blockers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! That's the crux of it, right there. Like you said, a lot of it is based on those gender stereotypes that it is, in fact, them who are enforcing in this strict box way, not us. We are saying you don't have to necessarily fit into that box. Yes, we're saying those traits, um, statistically speaking, there are traits that are more specific to men and more specific to women that are more masculine or more feminine. There are. I'm not saying that every man and woman must fit neatly into that box and lean more one way or the other and it's yeah. okay it's okay if you don't and gay people especially don't like there exactly. is a correlation there we're more like, we're less likely to fit into those boxes and like yeah. if, if we consider the example of like saudi arabia and iran you know where gay men are transitioned into being women because mm -hmm. otherwise if they engage in homosexual acts there they will be killed they'll be put to death by the state yeah um like, is this something we really want to emulate? Like now- Because that's kind of what it seems like we're doing, although they're doing it more in the name of, they're doing it in the name of Islam and stuff, but- It's still conversion therapy, still, no matter which way you slice it, pun intended. Yeah. Um, you're still taking what would likely be a homosexual individual who, if you just left the fuck alone, yeah. they would grow up and get past their gender sure, confusion I mean, and maybe they'd yeah. be a little bit more of a they, femboy. They have trauma and, and shit that they're dealing with, but they, they'd settle into adults and, and their body. They would settle into the body that they're in. Yeah, yeah well, puberty puberty is like the, the cure for like right. childhood gender dysphoria. And so you're stopping that, so you're stopping the cure. That's an interesting it's but, just yeah. ridiculous. So what about what and I want I wanted to go into this, so this is a good place to go into it. You know, what about people who they went through puberty and again Brad and I have talked to people like this, who the dysphoria just stayed and it was still there anyway and it lasted a very long time. And yeah, sometimes that could that could be a situation where that person transitions and they stay transitioned and they're like fine for years and they live their life out that way but sometimes even still it lasted for years it didn't go away they went through the process they transitioned they still detransitioned later it still didn't work for all of them so you know what about that like when is there like a 
it's, I guess I'm asking myself this question too, as much as like you guys, but like, is there like a certain amount of years we really should have the watchful waiting period? I know two used to be the standard, right, Brent? I think it was, it was two, like two to three of like living as the should, opposite sex. Should it be four? Should it be five? Should, I don't know. Like, because it's like, not everyone is going to settle into this. And we do have to have a point where we, we got to let adults make decisions too. At some point, we ought to want to be an authoritarian and tell some adult like, Hey, you know, you can't alter your body in any way. Like I have tattoos, right? I have gauges. I'm not saying that's the same as removing your genitals or taking hormones, but it is a, an adult decision I made to alter myself. And I'm not going to try to limit authoritarian wise what other adults do, but we still have to address this shit. Like how long should someone do this or should we advise them to, to, you know, yeah. try to before well, they that do should it. Be the job, that should be the job of actual honest like clinicians who want to help people and not just make money. Like, right. it should, like it should be a case of personal freedom. Absolutely. And then the people who do want to do that, you shouldn't be just willing to take their money and cut into their body. You should, yeah. yeah, some people will want to do it and that's fine. Some people will regret it and that's unfortunate, but they're adults. So it would be great if we could be honest about this and have actual real good data and studies about the different types of people who transition, you know, were they a homosexual man or a straight one or like, and did it work? Are they happy? Like, that'd be great to know. But now it's all lumped under, well, they're all just trans and it's all one thing. And so you're not going to help anyone if you're, you know, th there's such a big gulf between a teenage girl who wants to transition and like a 50 year old man who's had kids and a wife and they're not the same. <laughs> Totally different thing, yeah. <laughs> and if you want to help them, you are, be honest about what's going on, and you be honest about the reality of the situation, and then maybe you can help them. But not like this. So, what do you think, Brad? Yeah, no, well, I mean, I, I agree. I think, first of all, I think we should stop immediately with anybody. There needs to be a moratorium on any sort of transitioning of anybody under the age of 18 across the board. Full stop. Yeah, that's um, a place to start. Yeah, and I think once we get there, we need to have an honest conversation about whether medical transitioning works and what's the data there. Because when I've looked into it, the studies that tend to be in favor are very easily torn to sunders. They're very easily shredded by you know just a a, a little bit of scientific critique and 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 criticism. And so they fall apart, which, and, and when you look at some of the before and after numbers, they, they also lose track of a lot of these people that they transition. So whether they lose track because they move away, because they detransition, or because they self-delete um, is, is not known. And so this is really a big problem. If you're going to be making an argument for an experimental radical procedure that has the kinds of complications and long-term uh, you know, effects like you know the quote unquote gender affirming care which is the most disgusting euphemism that i've heard in the modern age um then you have to be sure that it works and that it's worth it and we don't know that and it just blows my mind that you know people like us who criticize it or who bring these points up for discussion were immediately demonized as some sort of evil thing when it's just like sweetie like you know, this is actual, this is what love is. This is what, this is what true compassion is. It's like the mature adults in the room being like, wait a minute, is this really the best option? Like, can we talk about this before you yeah. go? Why have... are you doing that to that child? Like what, like, like, for example, like, you know, gender dysphoria, the idea of feeling like you are the opposite sex, like, what is that? Like, like, how do you, 
how do you elaborate that? Because to me, like just feeling, I, I don't, I don't accept that. Like, you can't just tell me you feel no, like no. You're, a, you're a girl. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. It's like, you can be a little flamboyant at times. Cause I can be a little flamboyant at times. So this is the, the you know, you like to dress up. You like to change. Like, that's not like, these are not essential no. things. It's this just, gets into the Rachel Dolezal <laughs> argument. Well, so, yes, because yeah. then, you know, if you, you make that claim, if you can feel more, can I be transracial? Can you be transracial? Can you be trans, uh, age, can, you know, maybe well, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm yeah. kind of immature. So really, I'm like a 13 year old. Yeah, I'm feeling like a 13. I I, like a 13 I, it's the same logic. It's the same logic. I feel like a black man, so, so I like, am a black. I, I can't accept these, like, the, and and we all know, sort of, we we talk about gender transition, but we know that that's not what's happening. No. So I, I think we need to have a lot more honesty. The, our culture yeah. in general sort of has to grow up together. Yeah. We yeah. all have to sort of like, yeah. you know, a rising tide like lifts all ships, and we sort we of all do got to grow the fuck up. Yeah, we have to grow else. the fuck up and realize like what we've been doing hasn't been working, and maybe we need to make some little adjustments. Yeah. For real. Well, we have to talk about things as they are. I think it's fine for a man to be like, well, I feel feminine, whatever that means to me. Or a woman says, I feel masculine, but that's the reality. It doesn't mean you feel like a woman. It doesn't mean you feel like a man. Like that's just yes. not the reality of the situation. So yeah, just being more honest and, you know, talking about compassion, like part of the reason I'm into this a lot right now is like, I have a very close friend who transitioned a decade ago, like who I love very, very much, who's struggling like crazy right now. And part of it is the transition. Like that that's kind of... You know, I don't want to say too much, but that's a huge part of it. It didn't really, turns out maybe it didn't really help this person after all. And that's really sad to see. We have a friend too, you know, and we've had her on the show and she's great. You know, Laura, shout out Laura if she's watching this, but it's fucking hard, man. She's still going through it, the after effects of it. It's like, she describes it, I think, as like being through like a war. I mean, she's kind of like you're war torn after it. And yeah. it's a lot to pick yourself up after something like that, you know, and, and to make what you perceive as this huge, massive, like mistake, right? That's like an undoable thing. And, you know, I, we talked about like getting the breasts restored and stuff. And is that even worth it? And I know there are probably some women who do, right? I don't, I don't know. I, we haven't talked to anyone who's gone that far in detransitioning to like try to have breast reconstruction or something like that. But I imagine it's really difficult if you did make that choice and you just could not settle and, you know, if you have a friend like that, yes, be there for that friend, be compassionate for them. And, and it sucks because what happens is the trans people who used to be their friends, cut them off. Oh yeah. The ones who, who don't detransition and maybe they were later, I don't know, but like they cut them off. They don't even want to like talk to them anymore. So then they're really in the wilderness because they're just, now they don't fit in with the other groups, right? Uh, who don't like the trans people, but they don't totally fit in with the trans people anymore either because they've desisted from that. So where do they fit you know and so i feel for the detrans people almost like the most it, that's a god what a fucking position that is to Me be too. in i respect the out, who own it you know they just they own the pain and they're just they're trying to tell their story because they want to help maybe prevent someone else from maybe making a similar mistake yeah and that's really important just people telling their stories because i know like now you hear new detransitioners de coming out and they said, well, I read this story or I read this story and that's why. So we just have to keep talking and sharing that. And that's why I wrote my thing. I'm not a detransitioner, but just, you know, little girls like me are being transitioned and it's, it's just horrifying. What it's like, you know, yeah, to be a young lesbian or what is it like yeah. to be a young gay or bisexual man and to grow up in this world. And it's difficult to settle into your identity. It is. And it's, 
it's not an easy thing. And I do understand, like I said earlier, where like a lot of the left comes from with this stuff. And we do need to have these conversations. But the radical shit needs to be addressed, you know, and it does. But people need to be able to talk. You know, yes. the medical establishment likes to diffuse responsibility too, you know, because it's just, you have a surgeon, you've got your psychiatrist, you've got your PCP. And if they're all like left leaning or progressive, then they're just going to herd you through the process yeah. and they're going to affirm whatever they're hearing from you without actually giving you, you know, some harsh realities. Like, you know, this surgery has a really high chance of complications or, yep. You know, this this surgery is gonna ha like leave you scarred for life, or you know this is, you know once you do this, you can't undo it, and you're, there's no going back. Um, and they that, should have all those pre warnings. And a lot of the times, they don't they don't tell these like a lot of the like I've heard probably three or four, maybe like a half dozen now D trans stories, and every time it's they were not really give they never gave informed consent because they were not properly warned of the side effects. And uh, they were oversold the benefits. You yeah. know, they, they were exaggerated about how you know it would turn out, and you know they took their money and then they damaged them. And as soon as it was done, it's like they they washed their hands of it, and it's like we don't want anything to do. Oh, yeah. Sorry, can't help you anymore. Like they just get dropped. They just get dropped, not followed up with. It's it's horrendous. That's fucking. Yeah. So then they get blamed. Like this yeah. is. Another we heard from Richie was that you know he was having complications with his bottom surgery and his surgeon was refusing to help him yeah. was blaming him saying he wasn't doing proper aftercare when he had done proper aftercare it was there was a complication they don't want to admit that maybe the surgery just fucking sucked and that maybe you shouldn't have allowed it to even go to that point yeah it just blows god my forbid heart. you admit that maybe that you made a damn mistake and like look a lot of these freaking doctors out there they're going to have to contend with this because the lawsuits are already coming. Yes. And there's going to be more of them. Yeah. So I know they're not watching this show, but I'll talk to them now, too, if they are. <laughs> you guys better fucking, you better get your shit together real quick. You better have all your papers in order and be ready because there are some angry-ass fucking parents out there. And there are some angry-ass detransitioners and people out there who, they're done. You know, yeah. and and this is this is coming to a head. And I know the the ones who think we're all turfs and shit thinks this is about erasing them. No, this is this is about accountability. That's what this has nothing to do with erasing you. If you're an adult and you're fine in your transition, good for you. Not everyone is, and people got taken advantage of by I mean, this shit. As far, and as, as far as I'm concerned, like if you're chopping, if you're surgically taking the breasts off of a minor, you are engaging in sexual activity with that minor. Yeah. And you should yeah. be treated as yep. a sexual predator. Yeah. You're touching, you're touching their their healthy sexual organs. And and sexual, sexual assault, uh, like you know, like criminal assault. Like you're practicing medicine. It is like oh, you're going to be called. You're going to be accused of being so inflammatory. But that's the absolute truth. We need to say this stuff. Like lately, the conversation has been like, oh, this rhetoric is too too harsh. It's going to. That's the truth of the situation. And somebody needs to say it. And that's what's going to change it. You know, and in the end of the day, like I made a tweet about this, people are going to sit back. The ones who didn't say anything, the ones who just said, let's be nuanced, they're going to be like, see, our nuanced approach worked. No, it's because other people were pointing yeah. out how horrific this is. That's what worked. It was the so, enough people, the people who were like, nope, that's it. Enough exactly. of this shit. Nope, yeah. something. You're getting sued. You're getting sued, exposing you, exposing you, exposing you. Done with this shit. Because you give them, if you give them any space at all, uh, they just go with it. Like yeah. they just, they just go way too far. So you have to just say no. 
Especially yeah. not for Christians. Men don't have compassion. You can do all that compassion. This, this is compassion. It says compassion. This is this how you is, do it. This is it's compassionate. Tough love. It's you need tough to tell love. people what they need to hear. Yeah, because yeah. It, well, you're not telling. You're telling them the truth. What they need to hear, which is the truth, as opposed to you know some comfortable lie that you think is going to make their life easier and make yeah. them happier. Um, yeah, and it's easy it's to want to do works. that. Of course, we want to comfort people and make them feel better in their skin and shit. And people come from good intentions i get it like they want to make people people feel good in their skin with the trans stuff and yeah. or any you know affirming of anyone's identity over anything that anyone you know feels like but reality is reality you can't just like if you really love your friend but they're kind of indulging in something that is very clearly just a fantasy and it's not healthy and it's leading them down a path that could that could permanently um change their entire life in a really drastic way you know, I think it's your responsibility to say something, you know, talk to them about it. I'm not saying like, say, Hey, there's something wrong with you for feeling like you're in the <laughs> wrong body, but like really chat with them and say, like, ask them stuff like, Hey, you know, maybe it's not that have you considered maybe that it could be something else perhaps. And well, maybe and, these feelings yeah. are temporary. Maybe they're temporary. <laughs> maybe they're, you're, you're trying to cope with something else here that you haven't quite figured out yet. And if that's not the issue, it's something, it's something else. That's the compassionate, <laughs> thing to do i think exactly like you're not a good person just for making people feel nice like it took me so long to kind of learn that like because just growing up it's like oh just be nice just be a doormat just that's not what makes you a good person you know i think it's hard for a lot of women especially to kind of realize that because higher agreeableness much higher agreeableness and i have i have a massively high degree of agreeableness it was very hard to to kind of go over that hurdle and realize that doesn't i'm just going along with it and i'm hurting people yeah so that was important yeah 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 we have to we have to really get to the root of this stuff but you know i'm gonna end by again mentioning mental health um you know look if you if you're feeling a certain way it doesn't even have to be dysphoria whatever if you're going through some shit right now um please talk to someone you know if you feel like you would rather not be here that whatever you're going through is so just bad just such a huge weight on your shoulders that you're a burden you're not please just go talk to someone please 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 do it do it for you um and do it for the other people in your life who do care about you because i guarantee you it might not feel that way like there that there aren't but there are man you know brand i lost a friend recently um you know we didn't know him too long i knew him for a few months met him in january but a lot of people knew this person and this person felt so alone and yet then they passed away and then you see all this love pour out and it's like I want people listening to remember, like, if you feel that way, please talk to someone because I guarantee you, you're not as alone or unloved or any of that shit as you feel. So yeah, that goes more people, yeah, more people understand than you think. A lot of people have been through this and yeah. they'll understand. Yeah. You know, and I'm saying it for me too, because I do get it. I still struggle with shit. I still struggle with depression. Like, you know, and go get a therapist. I need one too. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> on that note. Um, you know, take care of yourselves, guys. Uh, if you liked the show, donate, all that stuff. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Um, Eva, you want to tell everyone, remind them where they can find you. Yeah, you can just find me at my handle. It's listed right there. I'm on yeah. Twitter. I do you some writing. Website? And... No website yet? No, no. I'll, I'll get a sub stack eventually. Uh, for now, I'm just writing at other places. And yeah, when it grows big enough, I'll write for myself. Awesome. Look, we appreciate what you do. We love your voice on Twitter. Um, we respect the bravery and the courage and keep doing it. And we look forward to, you know, continuing to talk with you and be friends and all that. So yeah. Thank and you. Guys ever in the States and you visit and you come to New York city, let's, uh, you know, hang out, have a drink. 
I do sometimes. I've been there a couple times. So I would love to. We'll Hit us up. Here. All right. yeah. We're going to end the recording now. See you guys Take later. Take care, guys. Thanks